Wow, that's, that's quite the introduction. Oh, I get to come down here. Great. That's cool. I like being closer. <laughs> well, it is such a privilege for me to be with you today. And for those who don't know me, my name is Alison. I will need my glasses today or I'm just going to make things up. Um, <laughs> it's a true story. Um, <laughs> and I promised Rick I wouldn't get up to mischief today. So you're all in luck. Although there are props, so you never know. Um, <laughs> I do want to honour Pastor Rick and Naomi. Um, Pastor Rick and Naomi have been really significant in my life and I know that Pastor Rick, when, you know, many years ago when he was our youth pastor, believed in me and encouraged me and I honestly wouldn't be in the place that I am today without that. So I really thank you. You have great pastors, you really do. They are amazing. <laughs> Yeah, so I have three beautiful girls and they're all married and I have grandkids and so James and I are officially empty nesters and so I did put a meme out there where I did see a kitchen drawer that had gone from cutlery to lollies and I was like, as empty nesters and professional grandparents, I can't see any reason why that can't be my kitchen now. So it's a good place to be. <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the privilege, Lord, of being able to share your word. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come now and speak through me. Let your heart and your love for your children come upon us all. And Father, whatever you want to do in our hearts, I pray, Lord, that you would be free to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. I actually would like you to close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to imagine your community. Not the landscape, not the river, but the people. Now I want you to broaden that picture to the world. I want you to think about every culture, every socioeconomic group, God's people. People who do not even know that this is who they are. Just for a moment, I want you to try and see what God sees. Okay, open your eyes. Now let me ask you this question. What did you see? What did you imagine? What was the age of the people in your picture? Because if you only saw adults, you didn't see what God sees at all. Because here in the Hawkesbury and in Penrith, children under 14 make up 21% of our population according to the 2016 census. The new census will be released in a month. If we add young people 15 to 19 years into that, then it increases to nearly 30% of our population. Across the globe, children under 15 make up one third of all the faces that Jesus sees. So if we are to see our community as God sees it, we have to see children. We have to see generations. If we're going to see the world as Jesus does, 
then we have to see children and we have to see generations. We have to see what God sees, not the world through our lens, but through His. I'm gonna put a beautiful photo up on the screen. That beautiful little person is my granddaughter. (laughs) That's Talia Hosanna Pena. And Dr. West Stafford, who was CEO of Compassion, said this, formed in the image of Almighty God, a child already has gifts to bring to the world. What happens in the next moments, hours, days and years will determine whether this God-given potential will be realised or lost to us all. What happens is up to us. And every moment, every hour, every day, and every year matters. It matters. At 9am on Friday, May 13th, I took a class of kindergarten students for their first SRE lesson locally. Nine beautiful, neat little people sat in front of me expectantly. And I asked them if anybody knew what we would be learning in scripture. No one did. So I said, we're gonna learn about God in scripture. And immediately one of the kids asked, What's God? Not even who's God? And none of her peers could tell her. I want you to think about that. This is two weeks ago. This is our city. What's God? Psalm 78, verse 1 to 7 says this. My people listen to my teaching, pay attention to what I say. I will open my mouth and tell a story. I will speak about things that were hidden. They happened a long time ago. We have heard about them and we know them. Our people who lived before us have told us about them. We won't hide them from our children. We will tell them to those who live after us. 
We will tell them what the Lord has done that is worthy of praise. We will talk about His power and the wonderful things He has done. He gave laws to the people of Jacob. He gave Israel their law. He commanded our people who lived before us to teach His laws to their children. Then those who were born later would know His laws. Every, even their children yet to come would know them. And they in turn would tell their children, then they would put their trust in God. They would not forget what He has done. So how was this her question? not with me today. He could have been. He could have been sitting on the front row, comfortable, honoured. But today he's leading our preschoolers. And that is of greater honour. Men, How will our children know the Father heart of God? Men whose arms are safe and whose words are truth and reveal that Jesus has time for them. If there's no men in your children's ministry, I want you to turn with me this morning to 2 Kings chapter 11. Verse 1 to 3 says, Athaliah was the mother of Ahaziah. When she saw that her son was dead, she took over. She began by massacring the entire royal family. But Jehoshaphat, daughter of King Joram and sister of Ahaziah, took Ahaziah's son Joash and kidnapped him from among the king's sons slated for slaughter. She hid him and his nurse in a private room away from Athaliah. He didn't get killed. He was there with her, hidden away for six years in the temple of God. Athaliah, oblivious to his existence, ruled the country. This woman set out to kill a generation to fulfil her own agenda. The opportunity was presented to her to raise a generation, but she instead set out to kill them for her own personal gain. Across the world this morning, the enemy is again killing a generation to fulfill his own agenda. 
He's using men, women, governments and whole nations to seek their personal gain at the cost of children's lives. You turned on the news this week. You saw that in real time. This year, 3 million children will die of hunger and 5.7 million are on the brink of starvation. 1.2 million children on any day will be trafficked for financial gain. They will be sold as a commodity in the market. 2 million children, mostly girls, will be abused in the name of tourism. 215 million will work as child labourers producing our clothes, our coffee, our chocolate and our sporting equipment. 250,000 will act as child soldiers and 40% of those will be girls and they will be forced into child marriage. Last year, there were 21 million reports of online child exploitation and that was what was reported. Penrith LGA has the highest reported rate of domestic abuse in our state alongside significant problems with addiction issues. For one in three girls and one in five boys, home and bed are not safe places and yet, and we are yet to see the full impact of what young people, particularly young men, are watching on their phones and carrying into relationships. But it has already forced change to consent laws in New South Wales. We are seeing children and young people profoundly affected by rising levels of anxiety and mental health issues, loneliness and identity confusion. The enemy has a clear agenda to kill and to steal and to destroy. So this morning, I'm asking you, whether you're in the room or whether you're online today, will you be those who will rescue the children from the hand of the enemy? The figures can be overwhelming and we may ask what difference we can make. The reality is that Jehoshaphat couldn't rescue all the children, but she rescued the one she could. As God looks out across the people and the children that he loves this morning, he sees those we can rescue. He sees those close to us and he sees those in the nations around the world that we can reach. He sees the girls in unspeakable situations. He sees the hungry, he sees the children sorting the rubbish in the slums. He sees the orphans. He sees the children's, children holding weapons of warfare. He sees the children torn by divorce in their family. And he sees the little girl next door to you whose bed is not safe tonight. He sees the child in South Windsor living with drug addicted parents. And he sees the one asking, what's God? He sees. But will we see? Will we see them as he sees them? Because the God I know would pick them up and hold them close and whisper how much he loves them. He would wipe their tears and he would make them safe. 
And if it's in our power to rescue a child, we must act as Jehoshaphat did and take the opportunity presented to us. In 2 Kings, he goes on. He's the priest. He commands them. He says, these are your instructions. Those of you who come on duty on the Sabbath and guard the palace and those of you who go off duty on the Sabbath and guard the temple of God are to join forces at the time of the changing of the guard and form a ring around the young king, weapons at the ready. Kill anyone who tries to break your ranks. Your job is to stay with the king at all times, in all places, coming and going. The captains obeyed the orders of Jehadiah the priest. Each took his men, those who came on duty on the Sabbath and those who went off duty on the Sabbath and presented them to Jehadiah the priest. The priest armed the officers with spears and shields originally belonging to King David, stored in the temple of God. Well armed, the guards took up their assigned positions for protecting the king from one end of the temple to the other, surrounding both the altar and the temple. Now I've got a couple of little props up here and I'm wondering if there might be any kids who might want to help me today to demonstrate something. So I'm after six people, if anybody's keen to come and help me. All right, let's see. Do I have any volunteers? If not, I'm going to ask adults, but, you know, they're not as fun as you guys. <laughs> oh, look, come on. Come on, I've got mum. I've got, come on, come on, you guys. Come, give them a clap. Awesome. Yeah, look at you guys. Okay, come up here. I've got an army. Brilliant. All right. Now, <laughs> are you going to stand here? Can you come and be my king? You come and stand here. You guys are to make a guard. You can take up a shield and a sword. And you can make a guard around the king here. All right. So I want you to take up a shield and a sword and make a guard around the king. Oh, you guys are awesome. If you don't have a shield, that's okay. Take up one or the other. All right. Face these guys out here. Okay, face them and make a guard around him. Stand shoulder to shoulder. All right, so in front, stand shoulder to shoulder. Guard that king. All right, we got it. This is what the priest asked them to do. Okay. Can you now go and sit down and leave the gate? What happens? when one person doesn't take their place. Another gap. Well, it doesn't matter if I, you know, Somebody else will do it, hey. Now what? 
I'm busy. I've got a lot on my plate. It's not really my thing. And a little child will lead you. Amen. I've talked to a lot of people over a lot of years about serving generations. I've had people laugh and go, ha, you've got to be kidding me. I've had people say, I, I did that. Not for me now. On duty, off duty, called to children or youth ministry or not. An army took up, a, took up their weapons to protect a coming generation. They surrounded him, they fought for him, and they worked together. They did not abandon him to the enemy. They picked up the weapons of the temple. And surely we have some of those, yeah? Do we not have shields of faith? Do we not have a sword of the Spirit? Are we not called to be soldiers of Christ, armed for warfare? Can we not surround this generation in prayer? Will we not be with them in homes, in schools, in our extended families, in our community at large? At what point is it okay for us to go off duty? At what point has it been okay? for us to go off duty to the point that we have a generation asking, what's God? How has this happened, church? We will teach them to our children. It's not a nice idea, it's a command. We have to be those who will recognise the worth of each and every one and fight for them. We have to be those who will stand between them and the enemy. I remember being in India at the cricket and we'd taken all of these little boys from the slum to see the cricket. It was like the world to them. And we're sitting there with these Beautiful, precious little people. And this 
man came up and he slapped one of our kids over the head and said, get me water. Oh, you do not, you do not, you do not want to do that if I'm sitting with those children. That is a bad idea. The priest presented Joash, this little boy, to the army as their king and commanded them to protect him, if necessary, with their lives. They were to kill anyone who was going to break through their ranks of protection. They did so. They believed in who this child was and who he was called to be. They acted upon the value that they placed upon that child. We won't fight for what we don't value, what we don't believe in. It's why children are exploited all over the world. I don't think any of us here this morning would openly say that children are not valuable, but it's our actions that reveal our heart. If I can cry at a reality TV show, but not when I see a child in hunger, what do I value? If I'm moved with with anger over a bureaucratic bungle, but not over child trafficking, then what do I value? If I will spend my money on a shirt I'll wear this season and not next, but not give to the cause of reaching a generation, then what do I value? If I care about climate change, but never give the thought to the children's salvation, what do I value? Let me present to you this morning, the children, the sons and daughters of the King of all kings, the children of God, they come in all colours, all cultures, from all nations. They come clean and they come dirty. They come educated and unable to read. They come small and they come large. They come tattooed and pierced. They come attached to technology but unable to hold a conversation. They come weak and with great bravado. They come meek and they come highly opinionated. They come with all sorts of lies and brokenness within their hearts and lives. But as children of the most high God, they deserve to know who they are and who he is. They deserve to be raised as royalty, not discarded. They deserve to be raised as royalty, not neglected. They deserve to be raised as royalty, not abused. They deserve to be raised as royalty, not go hungry. They deserve to be raised as royalty, not exploited. They deserve to be raised as royalty, not ignored. They deserve to be raised as royalty, not even overindulged. They deserve to be raised as children of God, holy set apart, filled with the fruit of the Spirit, the truth of the Word, and the power and purpose of the Kingdom. And if we are called to be the army that understands the value of each child and acts upon it, then we must do so. To stand together and to not allow the enemy to break our ranks, whether we are on duty or off duty. We are called to surround a generation 
with the protection we can offer and fight for their lives with all the resources that we have available. And finally, we need to be those who will raise this generation up to be all they can be for God. 2 Kings says, Then the priest brought the prince into view, crowned him, handed him the scroll of God's covenant and made him king. And as they anointed him, everyone applauded and shouted, Long live the king. He arranged for the officers of the bodyguard and the palace security along with the people themselves to escort the king down from the temple of God through the gate of the guards and into the palace. And there he sat on the royal throne. Everyone celebrated the event and the city was safe and undisturbed. Joash was seven years old when he became king. They took him, this little boy. They crowned him. They presented him the word of God proclaimed over him who he was, anointed him and led him up to take his place in their nation to fulfil the call of God upon his life. And he in turn turned Judah back to God, restored the temple and the place for God to dwell in his nation. It's not enough for us to rescue kids if we don't give them the gospel as well. 1 John 5 verse 12 is a scripture that has been a foundation to my life. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. It's not complicated, people. We must tell the children who they really are and who they belong to. We must give them the words of God and allow the anointing of God to come upon them. We need to position them in his presence and cover them with his power. When they have this truth, this is the foundation of their lives, then they can be all that God has called them to be. And they too will lead nations back to God Israel did not wait for Joash to grow up. He took his place at seven. And we shouldn't wait either because the truth is they're not all going to grow up. I worked in emergency for three years and we had this little girl who came in. She was ten. I don't, I don't even remember her name. Her family were refugees and um, didn't speak a lot of English. So they didn't know how to call an ambulance. And she had asthma. By the time she came to us, her breathing was so compromised that this... <laughs> that despite an hour (laughs) 
of everything. That we had at our disposal medically. They couldn't resuscitate her. It's one thing to do CPR on an adult. It's another thing. <laughs> to break the ribs of a child trying to get her to live. She died without ever hearing his name. And many people have debated the theology about children going to heaven and I don't care because she deserved to know. She deserved to have the hope of heaven in her heart. She deserved to know that there was healing possible. She deserved to know that she was loved, that she was wanted, that she was purposed, that she was called, that she was his. She deserved to know. And across the world this morning and across your city this morning the children and the young people deserve to know and God has commissioned us to tell them what happens in the next moments hours days and years will determine whether the world's children will realise their God-given potential or it will be lost. They're in our hands. This is our time to rescue them from the enemy who seeks to destroy them. This is our time to act upon the value we place upon them. And this is our time to stand guard around them and to protect them. This is our time to bring them the gospel, to tell them who they really are, to give them not only physical life but spiritual life, to allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon them and to release them to be all God has dreamed they would be. Athaliah made a choice to serve herself and destroy a generation. Jehoshaphat made a choice to save a child and raise a king who would lead her nation back to God. It's our time to choose. What's God should never be our children's question. Sammy's a mess down here.